eldest student in your family, and they have these little packets of tickets, and what we're going to try to do is, for every family, let's try to sell five packets of tickets, okay? So if you've got, if you're the Brownleys and you've got five people in your family, each of them can try to sell one, okay? But if you've got less or more, you've got to try to add up, okay? This is math time. You've got to try to add up. Okay, if I've got two people in my family, that means each person, let's try to sell two or more, okay, to meet that goal. You guys, if we do, if we do this, if all of us sell the amount of tickets, which isn't very much if you think about it, grandma, grandpa, church, church family, those, those people are totally willing to, to buy tickets from you. If we do this, we could raise over $20,000 for our school. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so let's all work together. So, we have a bunch of prizes that we're going to be announcing every week, and then at the end of the contest, there's going to be some awesome prizes to be given out to all the top sellers in the top classes. But this first week, the top seller is going to get a $25 gift card to the movies. Yes! Movie theater gift card. Libby is so excited. She's going to try to win it. So... That means this week from now until Friday, I think we're, we're tallying up on Fridays, and then we'll announce on Mondays the winners. So what all this money goes to, you guys, you know that it takes a lot to just maintain our facilities and, and, and fix things up that need to get fixed, but something that really would be awesome to fix up is our field. So it would be great if we could put some money into that field and new nets and new balls and all of the things that have to do with our playing out there. So that's what we're hoping to do with this. So as soon as you see those tickets in your backpacks, start calling people, okay? Thank you, Mrs. O'Donnell. Yeah, and remember, when you're selling... It's not a bad idea to maybe have some dirt kind of smudged on your face and maybe have some holes in your clothes and um, to adopt a, like a slightly British accent so you can be like, please, please, sir, would you want to buy some, some tickets? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not going to work. Um, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Last announcement. Uh, leadership team, Dom and Maddie, please come up here. They're going to update you on the house point. Yeah. Okay, I don't know who's counting these points up because this is a term from, like, the last previous two years. So, in fourth place with 650 points is George. In third place was 675 points is Aquinas. In second place with 1,050 is Augustine. In first place with 1,800 points is Calvin. I don't know how long that lead's going to hold up, so you better work hard. Anyways, that's it. Uh, that was so fun. It's just, it's just the mounting uh, drama of a good story for George to be last right now. Just kidding. Um, all right. I want to talk with you. 
I want to talk with all y'all about uh, rules, rules, people, rules and laws and regulations. Um, I want to remind you of, we already saying that, our school rules. First one, cheerful obedience. This is, these are the, the big rules, the big things that we're kind of, um, that all misbehavior can pretty much fall under, okay? Um, and these are, these are biblically derived, okay? The first one, just to remind everybody, your teachers probably talked to you about this, but the first one is cheerful obedience. So remember I've talked about the heart, okay? We've talked about the heart and how, why the heart matters. The heart is the seat of our affections. The heart is... Uh, reflective of what we really love, okay? God cares about your heart. He cares about your how you feel about things and your attitude about things. It's not enough just to obey the standard. It's not enough just to get by and show an outward appearance of conforming to the rule. God wants our hearts to actually love what is right. Not just do what is right on the outside. This is why he rebukes the Pharisees and, and, uh, for their hypocrisy, right? Um, so cheerful obedience is, is really important, that we have the right attitude about what we're supposed to be doing. Okay? The next one is showing biblical courtesy. We, you, are all growing to be little kings and queens in God's kingdom. It's true. Riker, it's true. It means God has given you a responsibility. That's what that means. He's given you something to rule. Yourself, your spirit. Proverbs says that he who does not rule his spirit is like a city without walls. It means you're open to attack. It means you can't control yourself. We don't want to be like that. Not only that, but showing biblical courtesy. Everybody say courtesy. This word comes from a French medieval word having to do with the court. If you were part of the court, you acted a certain way. You dressed a certain way. And all of your behavior was given to others in your presence. You were actually treating others a certain way because you cared about them. It wasn't just self-expression, okay? Showing biblical courtesy can just also come down to treating others how, what? You want to be treated, right? Not treating others how you want to treat them. (laughs) There's a difference. Treating others how you want to be treated yourself, okay? And so that means preferring others. Last Practicing godly stewardship. Everybody say stewardship. Stewardship. This is a funny word. Maybe a strange word for some of you. Stewardship means you take, you're taking care of what you've been given. And it's a recognition that everything you have has been given to you. I'm not just talking about your cars, some of you older students. Although you're learning 
the the laws of maintenance and those kinds of things. I'm not just talking about your your stuff, your bikes, your bicycles, your skateboards, your surfboards, your your wetsuits. Though those are also important. If your parents just bought you a brand new Buell wetsuit, you don't just leave it outside all the time or just forget it wherever you go, right? Those of you who have left your backpack places, this is part of stewardship, okay? All right? But guess what? It doesn't just stop there. You are stewards of your own body. We belong to God. Our bodies are not our own. Okay? Stewards even of those things, which, which we're seeing right now. Can we sit quietly? Can we be good stewards of our body right now, right? Okay. Rules. Rules. The Christian life is just about rules, right? It is about rules, actually. But I want to think about it differently. Okay? Um, the older students have heard, heard this talk before a little bit. But I want to remind you what, what the psalmist says, what David says. When he, taught, when he thinks about the law, he doesn't just think about the law being a bummer. He doesn't just think about the law as being some kind of arbitrary thing that he has to deal with. The law, he says, I will walk at liberty because I seek your precepts. Sometimes we think of law and rules as limiting our freedom. And in, and in certain cases they do. But it's not a limitation of freedom. It's, it's giving us more freedom. If you're doing the wrong thing, that's not freedom. If you're doing what is wrong, it's actually putting you into an even tighter prison. Okay? The, 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 free, the soul that is the freest is the one who is doing what is righteous. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, and I will not be ashamed. And then he says, I will delight. Possible to delight in commandments? My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. This is a different function of, of the law than maybe we're th- used to thinking of. And when you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp. The commandment is actually a lamp. It's actually something that's guiding your way. It's not darkening your path. Rules are meant for your good. Sometimes we think of the commandments of our parents as being like, they just want me to do this because they don't want to do it. They want me to clean my room because they don't want to do it, right? They wanted me to do my laundry because they don't want to do it. They want me to do it. And that's not the point. The point is that it's good for you. Rules and commandments are good for us. They allow us to walk at liberty. They allow us to see where we're going. The law is a light. And reproves of instruction are the way of life. Do you guys believe that? That reproves of instruction are the way of life? That's the posture of a good student, to see that reproof is a way of life. All right, last things. 
Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes, which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach, that you may observe them in the land which you are going to cross over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you, you and your son, your grandson, all the days of your life, and all that, that your days may be prolonged. This is Deuteronomy 6, okay? That was right before the children of Israel about to pass over into the promised land. And just before this, they heard a a recitation or renewal of the Ten Commandments. The children of Israel that are about to go into the promised land, Deuteronomy 5, there's the Ten Commandments that's given to them. And then Jesus says, now teach your, your kids these things. Remember these things. Before you go into the land, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, right? Strength. Sometimes we think of the law as arbitrary, though. As abstract. Like it doesn't have anything to do with our life. Or it's just out there randomly. And here's what I want you guys to to see. Okay? Eyes up here. Last point. This is from Exodus. This is the Ten Commandments. Everybody say Ten Commandments. It's also called the Decalogue. (laughs) Good. You can say Decalogue. Everybody say Decalogue. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down nor to serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And it goes on from there and lists the Ten Commandments, which we're all familiar with. The most underrated and overlooked verse in this is verse 1. Before you get to the, to the or verse 2, before you get to, to verse 3, the actual commandment, God says, I am the Lord your God. What does that mean? It means that this, these laws that are given are in the context of a relationship with your creator. The laws that your parents give you are always in the context of being your parents. There's a relationship there. Okay? Do you guys understand this? God says, This is who I am. This is who you are. And he gives you a commandment to confirm your identity. And that's what I want to leave you with. Law confirms who you are. Who are you? We're going to answer that next time. How does the law confirm who you are? Who you are in Christ. Okay? But this is important for you guys to see that rules are rooted, good rules are rooted in relationship. Rules are rooted in relationship. The, the reason why we get these things is because we have a relationship with our creator. We have a relationship with how he wants us to live. He knows best who we are and how we ought to live. So your, your parents' rules, they're not arbitrary. They care about you, and that's the point. All right. We'll come back to this next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Pray that you would bless.
every student here, every teacher, every parent. Lord, we thank you that you give us uh, guidance through your law. We thank you that you, you um, give us your son, Lord, who walked perfectly in that law and, uh, adopt, and made a way for us to be adopted as your sons and daughters. We pray that you would help us to see rules not as a burden, but as life. Um, rules that ultimately uh, allow us to live in a way that you have called us to. Um, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Off you go.